welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Scott Corlander, co-founder of Scorelander Games and designer of Batflip, the company's debut game. Batflip has already funded and can be found on Kickstarter. Scott, welcome to The Binge. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, James. This is, uh, this is exciting. Uh, it, is, uh, it is great to have you. When I was reading your bio, I, was, I always get interested when I see the different places and backgrounds that people have coming into this industry. And yours was no different. I want to start by actually asking about this kind of theater background. So you had like a bat, like what was that? A whole background in theater? Uh, yeah. So, um, out of college, I, um, I had gotten like real into like the improv scene in college and a little improv troupe. Uh, we were called the rubber chickens. Uh, yeah, we didn't name it. We inherited that name. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah, so like all of us were like, you know, real into, into comedy and improv. And, uh, so, uh, a sort of a pack of us moved up to New York and we all sort of dabbled in that world. Uh, I went to an acting conservatory, called the new actors workshop and so i was you know doing all that like like real deep like method acty kind of stuff wow um and so i pursued that for a while um uh then i moved back to maryland where i'm uh originally from uh i met my wife and we ran a, a theater company for a while she's also an actress or now she's a yoga teacher but once upon a time um and uh yeah our, our theater company was called red night productions and um uh, I did some some playwriting for us and some directing, and uh, yeah, that was that was a big chunk of my life. Uh, and then kids came along, and I needed a steadier paycheck, so that sort of took a, a backseat. So I guess the whole idea of starving artist is uh, is not a stretch. I guess it's it's a tough industry uh, to get into, eh? Yeah, it's it's not lucrative. Uh, <laughs> not that not the board game design is particularly lucrative either, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah it but it was it was a great creative outlet and that's sort of what what board game design has become for me in in the present day but yeah you know i was doing you know plays in high school and uh all that stuff so it was it was sort of a, a long time building i got to the end of college and you know i was good at school but i just like there's, there wasn't anything else at the time that i was really passionate about so uh so i, I sort of wrote it as long as i could did you get anything on screen at all at any point or? Uh, so I mostly uh, was doing stage work, okay. uh, but uh, I did pop up in a couple commercials here and there. Uh, I was in a commercial for Comedy Central, oh. um, did a couple other commercials. Actually, my wife and I met on set for a commercial for Weiss Market. I don't know if you're familiar. So it's a grocery chain. No. And um, that one was funny because uh, there's this... Um, agency nearby that had brought in a bunch of actors and the way they had billed it was each of them were told that they were going to be a featured actor in this particular <laughs> commercial and when we and when we every all showed up and we're like oh we're we're basically all just extras yeah. and so everyone was like kind of like crabby and uh, disappointed because they all thought they were like oh this is my my break this is my commercial yeah um but i saw i saw this you know cute blonde go by and i was like okay well i can handle this today because i'll just follow that and then fast forward a couple of kids later and away yeah, you go. Yeah, here right? we are. <laughs> and so then you position, so you transition then into, into teaching, right? Like, so now you're like a grade school teacher, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I teach sixth grade English. 
So then how did that, tra- did you go back to school or how did that transition? Uh, it was actually pretty hard to be honest. Um, so uh, all, basically all actors have to have some sort of other more steady income because yeah. it's very boomer bust. And uh, so what I did is I started substitute teaching and it just felt very natural to me. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I did spend some time uh, working for a software company uh, and I did not care for that. So uh, I don't, don't care for being a desk jockey. And uh, so then I was like, yeah, yeah. So if I, if I really want to have like, you know, like a real adult job, uh, I, I like, I like hanging out with the kids and um and there's actually like a lot of connections between between teaching and acting and between theater and, and English, you know, sure. both of them have to do with uh, delving into texts and really understanding them character and, you know, plot and story is just like fundamental to both. So it just sort of felt like a, a real easy thing to slide into. Uh, but I, it did take me a while to find uh, a program that allowed me to get certified mm. because uh it, I didn't have an ad- education undergrad degree, and so uh, I, did, I needed some way to, you know, become qualified for the job. And I found, I eventually found what they call a career changer uh, mm. program, and uh, and pushed through that for about a year and a half. I guess we were teaching every day as a performance, technically, right? Uh, it is. It, it, so many of the same skills apply, uh, and you know, just like when you're doing a play. Uh, you know, you, you just have to do it over and over and over again. You know, it's not just one performance. It's uh, a whole slate of them. And it's the same thing. You teach the same lesson, first period, second period, third period. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get your script down and you know your laugh lines and all that stuff. And trying uh, to hold the audience's attention too, right? Trying oh, to keep yeah. the audience oh, yeah. engaged, right? I mean, school has yeah. got to be one of the toughest audiences out there, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The difference is you can scold this audience whenever they don't pay attention. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they, they can be tough cookies sometimes. They're, they're good kids at my school though. And then you got pretty hardcore into, was it, was it fantasy? Um, uh, fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball. Yeah. And a little bit of Magic yeah. the Gathering I heard about too. Or like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, so I mean, talk to me you, about that. Sure. Uh, so I've, I've been a, a long time baseball fan, born and bred from Maryland, a big Orioles fan. And uh, I grew up on Cal Ripken and mm. Uh, so I, I, I specifically remember it was seventh grade, uh, and, uh, my dad was telling me something about this thing called rotisserie baseball, which is fantasy baseball. And I remember my eyes just sort of bugging out of my head being like, oh my gosh, that exists. You get to pick a team of real players and like get yeah. points and stuff and you win. Um, and that was just sort of an instant love affair for me. Uh, and so in one, in one fashion or another, I've been playing fantasies baseball since then and uh i mean i think it definitely informed what ended up being my game bat flip which is uh i i just love finding ways to to interact with baseball and to gamify it and uh, and i'm i'm in pretty deep now Uh, i'm in you know leagues where we uh we control minor leaguers everyone has a minor league system and you have contracts and stuff and um that's crazy yeah uh and magic was a little more uh sort of uh snuck up on me uh so i remember it was uh at daycare and i was i don't know fourth grade or something and i was still going to daycare after school we'll call it an after school program so it sounds less like i'm a baby <laughs> uh, but there are these these two kids these these twins uh named marshall and alexander 
and they i mean they were they were kind of some weird kids there they would go around and just be like convinced one said he was an orc all the time the other said he was an elf and they like stuck to that for like three or four years um but they brought these cards in these magic cards magic the gathering cards and i remember just like i had never seen anything like that before and just like the combination of the art and the idea of like putting numbers on like their attack and their toughness like it was just so uh so new to me and just like really scratched an itch uh both for the uh, i'm a sucker for fantasy and uh and then just sort of the the game elements again uh and I think for, both for fantasy and magic, it's the idea of trying to take something and create a, a game that recreates the experience and attach a number to an ability, which is all like fundamental to, to gaming, obviously. Sure. Uh, but those are sort of my first tastes. And like I got some like, you know, some cards from whatever, you know, early magic and then messed around with them. I never really like made a big thing of it until my adulthood and uh it was just sort of random i was in a, a it was actually a baseball card shop scratching that itch and i saw some some magic the gathering cards in the in the back i was like oh man like i remember those from being a kid yeah i want to get some of those that'll be nostalgic and it was and i just fell hard on it and just you know obviously as we all <laughs> are victim to so we blew yeah. a bunch of money on it and um a lot of i didn't have a lot of people to play with so a lot of it was just uh, i played with my roommate uh, and then, you know, I'd just be home brewing in my basement. And eventually I got the courage to like, okay, I'm gonna, I've made a little deck. I'm going to take it out to the game shop and, uh, you know, test it out. Um, and so I, you know, I did, you know, played some tournaments here and there. Um, and uh, for me, I, I, I love theme. And so like, I would, you know, uh, it, it's part of the reason I'm not great at magic is because I want, you know, I would want to build an elf deck as opposed oh, to like okay, just building you. around a mechanic or whatever, you know, or a knight deck or the zombie deck, uh, you know, real the tribal stuff. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I built, I built some good little decks and I, you know, I won some matches here and there, uh, but I wasn't particularly good at it. I, but I, uh, but I did allow myself to sort of uh, fall deep in love with it for a while. How did uh, the combination of your, your fantasy, I mean, I can kind of see the theme right here. We have, um, you know, fantasy baseball league. And at the same time, you've got a passion towards, you know, Magic the Gathering and, and the history behind that. I'm sure uh, several other board games as well. But those two coming together seem like almost like an intersection point uh, with your, your game, Batflip. Is that, is that fair? Uh, I think that's uh, not only a great transition, but actually true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, uh, so my, my dad's like a big baseball guy. Yeah. And I think sort of the, the germ of, of my game, Batflip, was like the you know christmas would come and i'd be like oh man like can you get me like a, a booster box of a throne of eldraine and uh and i i for me uh i sort of get the same satisfaction from building a deck and creatively finding uh those cards and characters that like work well together and have chemistry feels the same way to me as it does when i'm building a fantasy baseball team when you're picking the players that go best together and figuring out how those numbers and stuff mm -hmm. combine. And uh, it was, I was, I was frustrated because I, I, like, I really wanted to share that with my dad because we're pretty tight. And, uh, but it was just like, he could not get over the hump for whether it was the gaming part or the, like the, you know, the high fantasy element of it. It was just like, not his thing. And I was like, no, 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 no. But like, it's, it kind of is the same thing. 
even if it's at a, like an abstract conceptual level. And it was very much uh, the game was born out of sort of my attempt to, to say, okay, uh, there are elements here that are really similar. How can I how can I create something that would translate that for someone like him, so mm -hmm. they could enjoy a card game that that feels like Magic the Gathering, but has uh, has this theme that's more familiar. And then, so how did you come up with the name Bat Flip? Like when I think of Bat Flip, I'm thinking of you know 2015, uh, Jose Bautista. You know, I think it was like uh, Game Five of the American League series, and and I mean, you got this what they called the epic, right? The bat mm -hmm. flip heard around the world. Oh yeah. For those watching right now, I've got up on the screen. I mean, I think he threw the bat like 20 feet in the air. It was yeah. um, <laughs> front page of every newspaper. Um, was it was was that an influence or where did how did you choose bat? Like obviously we you know what the bat flip is, but you know, how did yeah. you choose that as the name of your game? Um so it's 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 funny how in the creative process one thing will inform another. Uh, so as the game exists now, there's actually like a really uh, essential core uh, mechanic called the bat flip, mm -hmm. uh, where you're where you're flipping a card over. Um, but early on, um, I was just looking for like sort of you know like a hip, cool baseball term that would just be like a good name for a game. Yeah. And um, you know there's sort of this controversy in baseball. Uh, about sort of like the, the old school, like put your head down, act like you've been there before types, uh, the unwritten rules of the game, uh, you know, don't show people up. And then there's sort of like the new school kind of young, hip, let, let the kids play vibe where, yeah. uh, you know, they like to flip the bat and have flair and show emotion. And so uh, that was sort of uh, on the tip of the conversation in baseball at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like a, like a hip name for a, for a baseball game. Um, and I, the other alternate name, which I like, I'm is like really bad was uh, calling it card ball, which is about as generic as it gets. <laughs> sounds like hardball, I guess, and their cards, but like, that's just like, sounds like a cheap thing you'd get at the, uh, yeah. the dollar store or something. Uh, and, but then once I had the name uh, that sort of created the creative germ for what ended up being like a, a really fundamental mechanic of the game, which is the bat flip, uh, and which now just like, uh, is one of those sort of gifts of the subconscious, I guess. Yeah. The, I want to congratulate you for hitting, uh, I think I'm gonna put this in Canadian dollars always sounds bigger, but <laughs> over $18,000, uh, on a $16,500 pledge. So you've already funded, right. You've already funded. Yeah. You still got 16 days to go. Uh, you got to just be on cloud nine. Oh yeah, it it was uh, <laughs> it was very stressful, uh, and you know, and we I mean, it was a pretty steady climb for us. Then we hit it, uh, but you ju you just don't know if people are going to show for it, and you put in all the the legwork ahead of time, uh, and you, but then you just you just don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it's funny. Like it, I'm sure that uh, this is true for most people who are in you know creative uh in creative fields that a big part of it is like oh yeah it's great that like uh like oh my the company that i created will do well but more than anything i'm just like really excited for people to enjoy the game and play the game and um uh i love watching people play it i don't uh, i mean i enjoy playing it too but yeah. uh there's something um really satisfying to me about seeing other people enjoy something that I created. And that's, that's sort of how I felt uh, when I was playwriting is uh, I enjoy Like, here's the lines. Now you guys go play with them. 
Um, and for me anyway, the, the best part of funding is, is knowing that, yep, it's going to be a real thing. And, and hopefully some people will have fun with something I created. So walk us through the basics of the game. And let me just start off by saying the, the team names you've picked are just awesome. Like the juicers <laughs> is hilarious. And the guys like all roided up. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Um, so it's a, you call it the team shuffling baseball card mm-hmm. game. Walk us through kind of how the essence of how to play this game. Sure. Uh, so it's, it's a dueling card game, uh, one-on-one. And what you're going to do is you're going to, uh, build a team and then play a, a quick three inning baseball game. Uh, the, the, the early versions were much longer and we compressed it down because yeah. it got long and boring. Um, <laughs> so you can play a, a three inning baseball game and, uh, it's very much a, um, I play a card, you play a card, I play a card, you play a card. Um, uh, you're responding instantly to the other person's choices. Um, so, uh, the reason we call it the, the team shuffling baseball card game is, uh, so if you're familiar with, with smash up or other like, uh, deck shuffling games, um, the game comes with the base game comes with seven teams Mm -hmm. and each team has its own theme and identity and, uh, mechanical flavor, uh, all which are based on baseball things. So like you were talking about the juicers, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so like they're, they're the steroid team. And uh, so what they do is they pass the needle from guy to guy and they buff each other up. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so what you do is you take two teams uh, and you shuffle them together. And that creates sort of your custom team for that particular game. So just like if you're playing a game smash up, you might take dinosaurs and ninjas or whatever and smash them up and make a, yeah. make a deck. Uh, so that's your deck. Uh, and you start off with a five-card hand. So that's kind of where the and, fantasy baseball kind of comes in, right? You're you're sure. actually almost drafting your players at the beginning of the game, right? Yeah. Well, in early versions of the game, um, we had a much more elaborate uh, team selection process and drafting mm-hmm. process. And because uh, I do think that you want to, you there's something to feeling uh, ownership of the team that you created yeah. uh, that comes from creating it. And uh, but what we found is that uh, a lot of those drafting mechanisms just sort of distracted from what was actually the game, which was playing a game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we thought that this sort of deck smashing mechanic was a great way to give you a sense of customization, but then boom, just get going and start playing the game. Uh, yeah, so both you and your opponent are uh, have these two decks and um, sort of the, the base number in the game is four. And uh, because there's four bases for uh, home, first, second, third, mm-hmm. and then home again. And uh, so the highest stat you'll have on any of your abilities is four. And um, so the sort of the rhythm of the game is I'll play a hitter and then you're going to play a defender against him. And um, so if you have a hit of four, for example, that would be a home run, four bases. But if a defender of two defends him, you're going to subtract two off of that and it becomes a double. Um, And then there's some other stats you can match up so you can get your... uh, if your your batter has like a good eye at the plate, he can draw a walk against the opposing pitcher. Uh, if you've got a speedy hitter, you can once he's on base, he can steal a base, and the uh, opponent can try and use defense to try and stop them. Uh, but the core of the game is uh, is that hit against defense, and then uh, utilizing the player abilities because every single player card is unique, and they each have uh, an ability that's themed with their team. And uh, so a lot of the game is trying to figure out how to, to maximize uh, your ability to score while making sure you don't burn out all the cards in your hand. Uh, the only way you draw cards in the game is whenever uh, you record an out, both people mm-hmm. draw a card. 
and whenever a uh, run scores, both people draw a card. So and, I was just going to ask uh, on the because on the card you've got like the same player can both bat as well as be outfield. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So you've got the four different spots in the same card, which I find interesting because I've seen kind of. I think the assumption people might have coming in is that you got, you know, I'm going to have outfielder cards as defense defense cards. I'm going to have batter cards. What I find kind of unique about this is you've got the, the player has all skill sets are on the same player card, mm-hmm. right? So you're using that player differently depending on, you know, are they hitting? Are they out in the field? Are they trying to steal? Are they trying to block, right? Like these different functions mm-hmm. show up in different combinations, permutations on different cards, which gives certain characters, you know, different strengths over others and so forth. Is that, is yeah. that fair? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. And that's, and that's one of the things that we were, we were going for. Um, and uh, so what, what that does uh, is it gives you a lot of really interesting decision points, hopefully uh, where you've got a hitter in your hand and you're like, Oh man, I, I really liked his offensive ability, mm-hmm. but also he's got like a four on defense. So I might want to save him for next inning when I'm defending. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you have to just make all these choices about when's the best time to burn a card. Uh, maybe I'll draw a card that's going to, you know, replace them anyway. Uh, and uh, what's sort of unique about this game, and it's sort of a, a tough balancing act is um, there are a lot of baseball games out there that are, are more of a simulation than ours is Yeah. Uh, where um, like, in, in this game, there is no lineup. You're not, you, you don't have like a, an order to your batters and they just, you just go through them over and over again. Uh, instead, you're, you're choosing the order that you play your cards, which, uh, you know, when you're designing a game, you have to decide like, how true do I want to be to the sport and how true do I just want to be to the, the, the spirit of it and the feel of it? Yeah. Um, it's got to play well, right? And it's got to play exactly dynamic, right? And if you're trying mm-hmm. to perfectly match the way baseball is played, that may not be a dynamic game nor a quick game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, and and so the the game plays in about a half an hour. And er, yeah. in early versions of it, like I was like, oh, it's baseball. We play nine innings. And I was like, oh my gosh, like so you're an hour and a half in, and you're in the fifth yeah. inning. And you're like, oh man. Yeah, this uh, is actually like baseball. You have uh, there's different pledge levels. So I want to talk a little bit about. Um, so there's one where if I do I understand it correctly, you can get an additional four teams as one of your pledge levels. Uh, correct. Yeah. So there's a, a four team expansion. It's called the bases loaded expansion. Uh, and they're just completely integratable with uh, the original base uh, base game teams. And uh, basically it's just increasing the, your choices uh, when you're coming up with your, your combinations of teams. Yeah. And then the triple you have, which is the boys and girls clubs. Can you talk a little bit about that? What, what's that all about? Uh, sure. And I, I want to um, call out uh, another Kickstarter campaign uh, it was actually another sports game called Pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a basketball card game. And, and they did this uh, arrangement. I just thought it was just like such a great way to use the platform. Um, so what that pledge level is, is um, you, you pledge, uh, I guess, I think it's $79. Yep. And um, then you get a copy of the game and you get a copy of the expansion. But then that also purchase a game that, w- that we will donate to the Boys and Girls Club of America. And we've got, uh, there are five centers that they have sort of in our area in Virginia. And so we're hoping to be able to send a, you know, a few games to each of those centers um, because I feel like, you know, 
gosh, uh, just hanging out with these kids every day at school, like I, I see what a difference it makes just giving them outlets for their creativity and uh, and just place safe places to be. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a, a big part uh, of what school is. It's that's sort of underrated because, you know, you've got standardized testing and everyone's talking about, you know, curriculum and stuff. But at its most fundamental, it's it's a safe place for kids to be, yeah. Uh, and that's like a big part of the Boys and Girls Club mission is to is to give them a safe space. Uh, and so um, uh, it's obviously a, a a little thing, but it's a little thing that at least we can do uh, to try and try and uh, make a little difference if we can. No, that's cool. And then there's two other pledge levels I thought were pretty cool. One is that you can name a character. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there is this a character that goes into all games or is it just for your own copy uh it would be for all copies so it'll be uh okay. all the you know sheer hundreds of people who are playing the game is there uh, any we'll limits to that like are we going to get into like a Bodie mcboatface uh <laughs> situation again um uh i think that the the real limit is just uh family friendly uh but i mean there's there's silly names in the game already uh yeah. so i if if you want spanky mctongue bath like well maybe not that one but uh <laughs> maybe not that one but something yeah. similar <laughs> but something you know silly that's okay yeah and then you've also got this um grand slam so you can design a character so how does that work how does a design a character work um so that's that's designing a character from the the artistic standpoint. The the design stuff uh, is still on me because the game still got to work. Yeah. Uh, but what you'll do is um, you can send us a photograph of yourself or you know someone in your family or something, and uh, then what we'll you'll just you know do a Google search of like you know baseball players in various poses. Send us a pose you think is interesting. Oh wow. Okay. And uh, and we'll stick that face on that pose. Uh, you'll give it a name. You'll write the flavor text for the card. Uh, and actually, I, I have been going back and forth with, uh, we do have um, one gentleman who's who's bid at that level. And his son used to play baseball, uh, his, I guess, now adult son. And so he's creating a card of his son so that he can have his son sit down with him and they're going to play the game. And oh, then cool. at one point, the kid's going to draw the card. I'm like, oh, my God, it's me. Um uh, and, he, and he's promised to, to record it and send it to us. Um, but yeah, so it gives you the opportunity if you want to put yourself in or someone uh, that you know, a family member, a friend, uh, or if there's just like a, a silly idea you have for what would be a fun character to have in the game. Uh, it, it allows us uh, to give the backers uh, a sense of, of ownership and uh, a sense that they contributed. Oh, it's super cool. And then you also have an ability to uh, do a completely custom team. I mean, it's a much higher pledge level, but you can actually mm-hmm. create two custom teams. Uh, yeah. So uh, the essentially what that does is that allows uh, someone, if they choose to, to buy out our, uh, uh, our stretch goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they will become the team owner of whatever that team is. And we have uh, 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 sort of a handful of teams that have been designed, but no art assets have been created for them and uh, no graphic design has been done for them. So if you, if you do back at that level, uh, then you basically get to do what I just described 12 times, uh, create the, the backstory and uh, the look of 12 different characters, choose the team colors, uh, we'll work together to name the, the team as a whole. Um, and uh, I'll sort of give you a, a menu of like, hey, we have a, 
this kind of team designed around this theme, this kind designed, uh, whichever one you think would be fun to publish and, and stick these uh, characters that you've created onto. Uh, that's your team. You bought it. You're the team owner. Oh, and then that awesome. will be part of the base game and go out to everybody. So what, after this, you, you know, clearly you're a big sports fan. Mm-hmm. Is there another sport you're working on or what's kind of the next step for you guys? Uh, so I think uh, the next step for us is uh, I think if this is a success, uh, I'd love to get a, a couple more expansions out. We've got uh, several team designs in the works that we would love to get into people's hands. Uh, but after that, uh, people have asked us like, oh man, is there going to be like, like a, a basketball bat flip? Is there going to be a football bat flip? <laughs> uh, and Ball flip, yeah. Yeah, whatever you call a spike, I don't know. Um, but and uh, I'm definitely open to like uh, playing around that space. Uh, for me, uh, like the real love affair is baseball. And I mean, I grew up playing playing all those sports. But uh, sort of the the next one on the on the 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 back burner uh, is since this game is sort of from the manager point of view, you're you're playing one game is, is the microcosm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that. Uh, uh, both from sort of like that fancy baseball realm, but also just sort of um, sort of the more Euro kind of game realm. Uh, there's interesting games where you sort of take a step back and it's, it's, uh, it's building the team and playing the economics and sort of looking at that general manager point of view where, um, you know, you have a budget and you're putting it toward, you're putting it towards advertising or player development or uh, spending on expensive free agents. Uh, and so I've got, I've got a little something in the world. Money ball. One. Uh, yeah. And with, if it weren't copyrighted, I would use it or trademark, <laughs> I should say. Uh, but sort of very much that, that vantage point on baseball. Um, and then I have, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, most game designers do. I've got a backlog of, of other stuff I've messed around yeah. with, um, uh, a space, uh, four X game. And, uh, sort of a, a fantasy adventure game. I mean, it just, and the reason I haven't sort of moved on with any of them is uh, one, it just sort of like the space is so filled with, with that genre. And I just wasn't yeah. sure that this was the one that was going to add something new to, uh, to the, the gestalt, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batflip was the first one that was like, nope, there's, there's really something here uh, that that's new and hasn't been uh, sort of done to death. Um so that, I mean, that's, that's probably our next big project. Um, but, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where the muses, uh, take me and yeah. take our, our team. Yeah. And so I, I put in the show notes, a link to the Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. If, uh, there's, uh, baseball fans out there, which I know there's millions, um, check out this, uh, Kickstarter. It is definitely uh, very cool. Yeah, uh, if people want to follow along your journey, is there like a Facebook page they can follow? Or uh, yeah, we've got a Facebook group. Uh, uh, you just look up uh, Batflip, the team shuffling card game, and you'll find us. Uh, you can also just check out our website. It's batflipgame.com. That's awesome. Well, I just want to say that uh, I mean you have funded, so I would say you have succeeded, right? So it's not if this is a successful. I mean, this is successful, right? It's now it's how much further beyond your goals you guys are going to go. So I want to I want to congratulate you on that. It is oh, an amazing so achievement for your first game, and I can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. Uh, if it's anything close to what you've created here, uh, I think everyone's in for a treat. So 
all the best in 2022. Take care. I appreciate it, James. Thanks so much for having me on. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.